everyone, and welcome to Sugar Daddies, a podcast where two grown men rate and review seasonally available mass-produced foodstuffs. As always, to my right is Alex. And as always, to my left is Chris. Alex, I need to start off this podcast with an apology. For all of your grievous offenses against humanity? First of all, please stop calling the podcast that. But no, on our previous Pop-Tart episode, I was so excited that I had the new 2017 Pop-Tarts. And as it turns out, those are not the new 2017 limited edition Pop-Tarts. Well, that was very big of you. So what are the new flavors for 2017, Chris? So the actual limited edition flavors for 2017 are both from the Dunkin' Donuts family. Oh, they threw all the creativity out the window. Americans don't like creativity, and they love donuts. Seems like the perfect marriage. Yeah, all right. At least if network TV is to be believed. But I digress. So the new flavors that we have are vanilla latte and chocolate mocha. Which I want to point out, unlike soda, both of these beverages are meant to be had in the morning. Oh, so they're getting closer to something reasonable to eat in the morning. So let's start off with vanilla latte. Okay. As always with Pop-Tarts, they have given us several terrible cartoons on the side of the box. That is so true. But you know what they haven't done? Improve their writing or comedic timing? That is also true. But you know what else they haven't done, Chris? <laughs> What's that, Alex? They haven't even come up with a full set of original cartoons. Yes, you're right. Pop-Tarts is now beginning to self-plagiarize having one cartoon shared on both boxes. Truly, this is just bottom-of-the-barrel marketing at this point. So the previous times, we've tried to explain these on Funny Cartoons, and as it turns out, that's not very satisfying because these cartoons are not funny. So instead, today, I want to give valuable, creative feedback on how these cartoons can be improved, or even just making up our own Pop-Tart cartoons. Great. I'm sure we can do better. It's almost impossible to do worse! Fair enough. So my pitch for back-of-box Pop-Tart cartoons is maybe we start doing movie parodies, something with cultural relevance, but still protected under U.S. parody law. Great. Okay, I like that idea. Think about it this way. You can relive all of your favorite movie moments vicariously through Pop-Tarts. For example, that famous scene in The Big Lebowski where they're fighting the nihilists in the parking lot and Donnie has a heart attack. Spoiler alerts, by the way. I was thinking uh, you could take your Pop-Tarts and you could reenact uh, the famous scene from The Graduate where Dustin Hoffman runs to the church and breaks up the wedding. You could also have one Pop-Tart explaining to the other one that plastics are the wave of the future. But instead of plastics, he's saying toasters because they're toaster pastries. Oh, you do that scene from the Shawshank Redemption, you know, like after Brooks is released. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, I think we've made a very clear point that humorous Pop-Tart cartoons are not that hard. Certainly not as hard as Kellogg's is making them out to be. Actually, I think Kellogg's has more or less given up ownership of Pop-Tarts. They are ashamed. Almost nowhere on the box does it say Kellogg's. In fact, only in tiny, tiny print on the bottom does it have their logo. They may have just taken their logo off to make more room for hilarious cartoons. Much of that was sarcasm. The last thing I want to point out about the box, and this is possibly the most confusing, there's an Olympic logo on this with the words proud sponsor underneath. We're like two years out from the Olympics. That's insane. And also the Olympics, which is the height of physical athletic achievement on Pop-Tarts, the dregs 
of human culinary achievement. Look, they didn't say that they actually had to eat them. They're just sponsoring the Olympics. I honestly think the Olympics logo on these boxes is the funniest cartoon on here. All right, enough of the box. On to the Pop-Tarts. So these follow the standard Pop-Tart pattern. One color frosting with a second color frosting lazily drizzled on top of it. In this case, it is a milky coffee brown with a white swirl. You're being generous with milky coffee brown. It's pretty close to the color of the actual pastry. It is definitely not a bold color choice, but if they were going for the color of a latte, they did hit it dead on. I will give you that. So visually, these are nothing interesting, but speaking in a nasal capacity. That's the correct science term, Chris. These really do smell like coffee. I think they smell closer to someone's coffee breath, but like fresh coffee breath. So coffee and mouth. (laughs) I will throw my experience out there. I did spend close to a decade working at a major coffee chain, not Dunkin' Donuts, so there's no conflict of interest. And generally speaking, that's about what a latte smelled like. Your experience wins this time, Chris. I think for these Pop-Tarts to qualify is good. They need to have some coffee flavor in there. I don't know how else they would be able to be qualified as vanilla latte. We've had plenty of foods that have passed themselves off as one flavor. And given us the bait and switch. I do remember the pickle candy canes. And the carrot cake kisses. You have an excellent point. You are full of good points this episode, Chris. Thank you. To put these to the full breakfast experience, we are going to do what Saturday Morning Cartoons taught us and have them as part of a complete breakfast, including cereal, orange juice, toast, coffee, smaller coffee, pancakes, sausages, different sort of pancakes, blueberries, strawberries, Whipped cream. Granola with blueberries. Granola with raspberries. Lutefisk. Syrup. Mega syrup. And a grapefruit wedge. That is a complete breakfast, Chris. Perhaps too complete. Your table legs are really starting to creak here. I can't believe you emptied my entire pantry. I can't believe you had lutefisk. Well, Alex, do you think these added or detracted... From a complete breakfast. I think added, but just. There wasn't a very coffee-ish flavor. I would say it was pastry forward. Yeah, I don't know if this is just me, but I think the pastry on these was better than the other ones that we've had. Well, it wasn't any worse. Yeah, generally when I bite into a Pop-Tart, I'm sort of immediately accosted by the low-quality pastry. This didn't have that. Maybe Kellogg's redeveloped their toaster pastry just for Dunkin' Donuts. Or maybe they're just fresh. That is a possibility. But I feel like a fresh Pop-Tart and a stale Pop-Tart are almost indistinguishable. So the pastry's better. They are improved with warming. Warming certainly is not a detriment to them, like the watermelon ones. Oh, Lord, no. Would you say this tasted like coffee? Mm, Barely. In that vanilla filling, it definitely did have a flavor that wanted to be like coffee, but not coffee flavored. I would say you could extract more coffee flavor from the air in an airplane than you could out of these. I mean, yeah, if you're up in first class where they got the cappuccino machine going, certainly. But if you're back by the bathrooms, ugh. I'm going to say these aren't too bad. They're not going to replace a latte, but they're acceptable. I'll agree to that. So, moving on to Pop-Tart's next offering is their chocolate mocha. Again, this contains no coffee and has several 
awful cartoons on the side. Now, do these contain any chocolate? Yes, they do. And because they're baked goods, it's simply cocoa powder. Well, that's acceptable. At least there is some real ingredient in there somewhere. Yeah, pretty much the same way you'd make a chocolate cake. All right, let's just bang out a couple real quick cartoon ideas that we can write down and then sell to Kellogg. Go. Uh, A Pop-Tart standing on a dock, staring off into the distance at the glowing red coil, a la Great Gatsby. You can have two Pop-Tarts sitting by the edge of a pond, and the one Pop-Tart just says the other, just keep looking at the bunnies. Or just one Pop-Tart staying at a pond, just writing down all his thoughts. Uh, You could have a Pop-Tart fighting windmills, but instead of windmills, they're toasters or tiny dinosaur with a bow tie, if... They need to have that character on the box. They could have Tiny Dinosaur with a bow tie uh, eating Nedry's intestines. Tiny Dinosaur with a bow tie could be eating the lawyer off of a toilet. I think all those are fine ideas. We are clearly an unstoppable two-man marketing team. All right, enough amazing literary references. Let's get down to what these Pop-Tarts are. It is a chocolate Pop-Tart, so it's kind of medium brown color. The frosting itself is actually looks like an inverse of the previous Pop-Tarts. Kellogg's was probably saving some money there. That looks like a cost-saving measure, yeah. These smell nothing like coffee, but they do smell a little bit like chocolate. Yeah, they have a very strong chocolate smell to them. I can't pick up any coffee. But in all fairness, though, the chocolate and mocha really tends to overpower the coffee, so not surprising. Based on the very muted flavors in the vanilla Pop-Tart... I'm not surprised to smell pretty muted flavors in the chocolate one either. I am interested to see how the chocolate bread is going to taste. Yeah, because I don't think I've had a Pop-Tart that has had a chocolate pastry before. And perhaps I'm just showing my ignorance of Pop-Tarts here, but what are you going to do? No one will judge you poorly for that, Chris. Some people will judge me poorly for that. And I, in turn, will judge them poorly right back. That's fair enough. Well, let's make like Atticus Finch and try these Pop-Tarts. I'm trying to work in a promotional deal with the estate of Harper Lee. Looks like our noses were wrong. There was some coffee flavor. Yeah, there was actually surprisingly more coffee flavor in there than I imagined. I think they genuinely captured the taste of a mocha in this. Not a very good mocha. No, if I were to rank this in all the mochas I've had, it's the bottom 10%. Whoa. All right. I'm going to stop you right there, Chris. You're saying that there are mochas you've had that actually are worse than this? Yes. But in terms of the little bit of a bite from the dark chocolate, playing with the bite from the coffee in there, this does a decent job. I kind of want to put some whipped cream on it now just to see if that fully makes the mocha experience. Well, whipped cream would enhance anything. True. It is possible, though, that the whipped cream can be so delicious that the thing you're putting it on Becomes even more disgusting by comparison. All right. Where these fell down for me is once we heated them, they didn't hold up as well as the vanilla ones. They did lose a lot of their coffee flavor after we heated them. I don't think heat was a detriment to them, though. No, they weren't terrible, but they didn't fare as well. I don't necessarily think heating made them better. It's just sort of a lateral move to a slightly different flavor profile. It's like a job where you get a new title, but they don't increase your pay. It's a race to the middle. All right, so moving into recommendations. Alex, would you tell people to buy these? If you really like Pop-Tarts, I I would say sure. They're actually decent Pop-Tarts, but this is not going to win any converts. I would say if you're a big fan of Pop-Tarts, these are definitely worth getting. If you're a big fan of coffee 
and you want your love of coffee to be reflected in Pop-Tarts, you may be disappointed, but I definitely think these are worth a try. Before we go into wrap up here, we do want to talk about Tripod, which is all during the month of March, people talking about podcasts that they love and how to share them with other people who don't necessarily listen to podcasts. So we'd like to share some of our favorites. Alex, what podcast would you recommend to people? I would personally recommend the podcast that got me into podcasts, which is Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is a delightful long form improv fantasy story. And what's your recommendation, Chris? Is Anyone Out There is a really fun podcast about two men trapped in the zombie apocalypse, sort of broadcasting a radio message as they slowly descend into madness. Sounds delightful. Another one that I really enjoy is if you like urban legends and myths like that, Rumor Flies. It's like Mythbusters for your ears. Also, as part of Tripod Month, if you want to recommend our podcast to anyone, we always appreciate that. Always love to have new listeners. Alex, tell the people where they can reach us. You can find our podcast on Facebook if you search for Sugar Daddy's Podcast. We're on Twitter at Sugar Daddy's Pod. And we have an Instagram account as Sugar Daddy's Podcast. If you want to send us an email, you can reach us at comments at sugardaddiespodcast.com. Alex, I've collected up all of the Pop-Tart drawings we've done, all of our literary references, references to the American theater. Uh, you had a hilarious Our American Cousin comic that unfortunately did not make it into the final cut of the podcast, but it's going in the envelope and we're sending this to Kellogg's. It's like our audition tape to become marketers. I also put a $20 bill in there, too, for good measure. All right. Now, I'm going to put the envelope of cartoons right down here on the desk, and I'm going to put this identical envelope of various raw meats I've collected throughout the day right next to it. Now, when you mail these out tomorrow, make sure you don't mix them up. I don't think that's going to be a problem, Chris. Yeah, that one has got a lot of meat juice coming out of it. <laughs>